We're going to continue our series called Say Yes, um, and moving on to the next thing that, that uh, God calls us to say yes to. Remember, we're doing this series because for a long time, I, I, I kind of minimized Christianity into a lot of things to say no to. And that if I would just say no to enough things and all the, all the right things to say no to, that that would be sufficient. And that is not sufficient. God calls us up into something greater than ourselves, bigger than ourselves, bigger than what we could imagine. He calls us to say yes to, to a few huge critical things. The first one being his son, as we called it over last week. And the second thing that God calls us to say yes to is people. God calls us to be people who say yes to people. And that is not easy. That is not clean. That is dirty and messy and hard. But we are called into, into saying yes to people where we pour our lives out for other folks. Now, there's, there's lots of different kind of people in the world, right? There's happy people. Those people that walk into a room with you, whether it's like algebra or whatever, and their face is like, like, like a fairy, like fairy sound, like ding, like this happens when they walk. Hi. I'm not a happy person. My face does not do that. And so that people like that walk into rooms with me and they ding, smile at me and like, light flashes off their teeth and I just want to hit them. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. There's like super happy people. Then there's like, then there's the, the really grumpy people that are on kind of on my team, you know, that we kind of lean a little bit more toward the grumpy side. I'm not way over there. I'm just a little, if, I, if I'm leaning one way, I'm probably leaning that way a little bit. Then there's, then there's, um, there's just awkward people. There's some people that, that, that I know not looking around in the room at all, but there's some of y'all that are just awkward, man. Like you know, the, the people that just come like stand next to you, like, there's an iPad. Hey. That's like eyeball me. I don't want to do with that. I just threw your iPad on the ground, somebody. It's working. It's okay. I'll keep it. I'll put it here for safe things. Note to self, don't sling music stands around. Um, then there's, I don't, I don't know, there's, there's, there's some people that I just don't like. You know? Just being honest, man, we just, we're friends, right? We're all friends. Just nod. There's some people that I just walk in, I'm like, I don't, I don't like that guy. That guy's got a weird-looking face. I don't like that guy's face. You know, you just can't help it. Sometimes you're just preconditioned that, that there's this, I can, I can picture it in my head. There's this head shape of people. I don't like them. Like, they're probably nice people or something, but something inside of me, like, I don't know. I'm just like, that, that guy looks like a jerk. I don't think I like, not you. I pointed at Sean. I'm sorry. I like Sean. Sean's nice. Um, but, like, somebody in that general, not, not Cody, just somebody outside the building has a weird head shape that I don't like. And I don't like that dude. You know, I mean, like, I just, I get, I, I, there's some people that frustrate me. There's some people that encourage me. There's some people that make me really sad. There's some people that build me up. There's just a lot of different kind of people in the world. But here's the, here's the deal. God really doesn't care. God doesn't care about how, about the way that they are. That doesn't, that doesn't dictate or have any bearing on the way that I'm called to relate to people. Whatever they're bringing to the table doesn't matter what I'm bringing to the table. I'm supposed to bring my best. I'm supposed to say yes to people regardless of, of the way that I perceive them or the way they perceive themselves. It doesn't matter. I'm called to say yes to that person because that person matters. Because God said they matter. That was awesome timing. That was good. Point made. Ding. I like it. All people, all, no matter where we're coming from, no matter what kind of person you interact with or no matter who you come across, every one of those people has a story. Every one of those people has needs. Every one of those people has problems. Every one of those people, foundationally at the core of who they are, needs a Savior and needs to know the hope that you have in Christ. Our job is to say yes to people and dive in. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to look at our passage. Um, Father, uh, I recognize that, um, 
There were some of our students in the room, man, a, a message on saying yes to people and, and, and valuing people um, may cause them just to want to zone out. I recognize that for our seniors in the room, they've, uh, in their heads, they've, they think they've created, they've made all the relationships they're going to make and they're just waiting to get out of here. I recognize that for some of our students that they have friend groups that are so tightly knit that the idea of letting somebody else into that group is not something they're interested in doing. I recognize that for some of us, we're a little bit or a lot bit introverted and we just don't like meeting new people for whatever reason. So we avoid it at all costs. God, I pray that tonight that you would convict us where we need to be convicted and remind us that we are called to be people who say yes to people. Amen. If you got a Bible, we're in Romans chapter 15. There's some, there's Bibles on the uh, windowsills and whatever. Um, if, you, if you don't own a Bible, you can grab one of those, not right now, whatever, you, whatever you feel like, you can grab one of those Bibles, write your name in the front of it and keep it. Romans 15, that's where you're flipping. I'm going to keep talking and give you some time. If it's your first time with us, an adult's going to help you fill a little info card in a little while. It's going to be great. And there's some uh, gifts for you on that back table. Just grab one on your way out. All right, Romans 15. You there? Beginning in verse 1. We're, going, we're just, Really, this 1 through 7 really covers this, this core idea, but we only have time to do verses 1 through 3. So you can do 4 through 7 on your own, but we're, we're going to read 1 through 3. That's what we're going to focus on tonight. Romans 15, 1 through 3 says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. And, and, and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For even Christ didn't please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. So we're going to go back through this passage. We're going to take it apart and go bit by bit. Paul begins at the beginning of verse 1. He says, we who are strong. He's addressing, he's addressing those people that he would consider strong. Now, this isn't like, uh, this isn't like whoever was on the base of the pyramid, you know? There's some people when I'm like, hey, you got to build a human pyramid. There's some people that are obviously like, that guy needs to be on the base. You just go ahead and you're at the bottom. You're definitely not going to be on top. You're on the bottom, Okay. There's some people that are just strong. I mean, we, like, they're physically strong or mentally strong. There's some of you that, that are just so smart that your name comes up in conversations about you messing up curves in classes consistently. Everyone's mad at you. It's okay, but you're smart. There's just some people that are mentally like just kind of a, a cut above, dude, it's whatever. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about people that are specifically gifted or, you know, somehow like on a standardized test, they do better than you or they can bench, you know, 400 pounds or something. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about people that are spiritually strong. Spiritually strong. And that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily even mean that, that you've done something awesome. See, here's the deal. I mean, to be what, it, what it means to be spiritually strong is to have a vibrant relationship with Jesus. A vibrant relationship with Jesus where the strength that he provides, the strength that he pours into your life is coming out of you. That's essentially all it means. If you have a vibrant relationship with Jesus, you're like connected to that power source and that makes you strong in this sense. So he's talking to those people. He says, those of us who are strong. Now, I recognize that for some of you, you have a relationship with Jesus and it's just kind of beat up. That there's like a, 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 some distance has existed between you and God and you've kind of been slacking or whatever. And vibrant would not be the word you would choose to describe your relationship with Jesus right now. But I need you to know that in a moment, you can turn that around. You can do something about that. You can be counted among those who are strong spiritually. You just gotta come back. It's pretty easy. God's not mad at you. He wants you back. So you come back. So then you're with the ones who are strong. So we who are strong, what are we called to do? He says that we're supposed to bear with the failings of the weak. So to bear with the failings of the weak. Basically what that means, students, is that we're called to step in and help out. 
That when, when there's somebody who's spiritually weak, or, or I mean, we're, we're called to step in to their bubble and do something constructive. So just step in and help out. See, the, one of the core ideas I want you to get tonight is, that, is this, that saying yes to people means saying yes to their mess. That if we're really going to be people who, who invest ourselves in people, then that means that we're going to have to kind of get involved in some messy stuff sometimes. That we can't, just, we can't just pour ourselves into or attach ourselves or invest in those nice, clean, perfect little people who really don't need you. That's not a real investment. He's calling us to, to step into life Step in other people's lives when there's mess there, when it's dirty, when things are broken. We're called to step right in the middle of it and do something constructive. I think this plays out a lot when um, somebody in your friend group uh, starts to slip a little bit. There's a lot of you who have been in Mount Zion a long, long time, and there's a lot of you that are, are, are pretty new. And, and there's some of you that have been invited, um, and you've kind of clicked in with some people, maybe in your small group or whatever, that, that, you've, that you got to know here. And, and you've kind of formed these little tribes or something. And, and it's, it's very tightly knit. And I, I get that. And there's some safety there. There is. And I think that's a way that you guys insulate yourselves from a lot of things that go on in your world. You build these little, you know, packs. But what happens when one of those pack members starts to slip a little bit and, and some language stuff starts to come in and they start to hang out with some people that your little pack doesn't really approve of. Some people that are not like the best people, you know, they're the folks that your mom wouldn't want you to go hang out at their house on Friday night. So one of, one of your little pack members starts to slip and, and things start to get a little messy. I think, I think the way this plays out really clearly is, is the way that you and your friends respond to that person. Just in your head, if that, if that were, you know, heaven forbid, to happen to it's like one of, your, one of your friends in your group and they started to slip out, what would you do? If some of their behaviors started to run counter to the ones that you hold for yourself and your little friends, what would you do with them? Because time and time again, in my time at Mount Zion and everywhere else I've ever served, I've been doing student ministry 10 years. Most of the time, what happens is that person gets pushed out. That they don't live up to our standards anymore. So, I mean, I, I heard this dude cussing in fourth block and it's, it's getting bad. And so you could start backing away to protect your austerity. You want to remain clean, so you start backing away from the mess. If we're going to be people who are called to say yes to people, we've got to be say, people say, who say yes to that, to that mess, who get all up in that and do something constructive to help bring back our brother or sister, to do something about it, rather than just abandon them. Have you been a person who said yes or who's backed away? The other day I was having a conversation with, with one, of our, one of our students that's, that's in the room tonight, and they were talking about, um, we were just talking about uh, testimony stuff and, and this, their story of what God has been doing in their life and, and kind of the the periods of time when things were great and the periods of time when things weren't so great. And what this person said was that they had a friend who unfortunately isn't in our church, um, has a friend who uh, was the only one, was the only one that when things got bad, when language started to slip, when, when their life really wasn't reflecting the glory of God like it's supposed to, the way I had one person who gently was like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, come on, man, you don't, you don't really want to be like that. And they would gently kind of, kind of draw them back toward Jesus rather than just being like, Psh, whatever, I'm out. One person. You know how big our grades are in our student ministry. You know how many of y'all, I mean, it could be one of you in any grade here. 
And you know that there's 10, 15 people that, that are sitting in greenhouse, the same age, same gender, that should have been one of those people to come alongside and say, hey, hey, come on, man, what are you doing? It wasn't us. It wasn't us. In my home church, when I was 15 years old, I was not living out my faith. No one had really invested in me. I really wasn't plugged in at all. And, and, but I, I proclaimed to be a Christian, but I wasn't really living it out. I was, and, and things were getting worse and worse for me. I mean, every month that passed, I was making a, a, a beeline down a road that did not glorify God. And there was one person who also didn't go to my church. There was one person, it's my friend Grant, I'm always talking about, like every story has Grant in it. One person who came alongside me and started spending time with me and kind of just forced me into his friend group. It was like, hey, uh, you want to hang out? Yes, I do. It was like just a, a true, honest friend to me. I don't remember a single time when, when if I was cussing or saying something or doing something or trying to, there's a lot of things I did, whatever. It wasn't a single time when Grant just came and just like nailed me to the wall about it. He never did that. Instead, instead he just was with me and invested in me and talked openly about his faith, talked openly about his love for Jesus and the way that, that his involvement in things like small groups and church were impacting him. And as he talked and I talked, there was a very clear difference. And just the way that he lived his life and the confidence and the strength with which he had in Christ began to just draw me over toward Jesus. Just moment by moment together, I was drawn toward Jesus really for the first time because of the strength that somebody else had in Christ. He was one of the first persons that ever invited me to a Bible study or a small group outside of, outside of church. He asked me to come over and uh, we we're going to read Hebrews. I never read Hebrews in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll come because you said so. So I, can't, I went over to his house and nobody else came. So me and Grant just read Hebrews together. It was awesome. I learned, so, I learned a lot of stuff. He started, he started just slowly, gently. And it would have to be a weirdo. He's not like, you shouldn't do bad things. Like, it wasn't weird. It was just, he just was a friend. He said yes to all this mess and it changed everything for me. We who are strong should bear with the failings of the weak. And it goes on, it says, not to please ourselves. It says that each of us should work to please our neighbors for their good to build them up. Since we're called to use whatever we have, whatever strength that we have in Christ to build other people up. See, in our, in our human pyramid thing, right, that there were some people that were built up. That, the guys group in the middle, that was incredible. Like, I, I really thought that I was going to be able to, like, measure it with my hand. And then one of you stood up, and I was like, well, forget that. I, I don't know what to do now. I mean, you were killing it. That was awesome. But, for, but for, for you guys to be that high, there had to be somebody else on the bottom. You don't, you don't get that high and stay there on your own. Somebody else, in, in order to build someone up, someone else has to be beneath them lifting not for our, not for, so, so as believers, if we're going to be ones who are trying to build other people up and, and still strength, spiritual strength in our friends, then that means that by definition, we have to get beneath them and pick up. We have to get in the unexalted place, in the place where nobody's going to see what you're doing and do the hard work of trying to lift someone else up with you. See, I, I think sometimes if we're not careful, we make people into projects. There's some of you, I think, that probably are getting to a point where like, you know, I really should be investing in my friends. And we single out somebody to be our, kind of our pet project. 
And I, I'm, I, this, there's this kid in this class, and I'm going to start trying to, you know, share with them a little bit and talk a little bit. I don't really give a rip about them personally, but they're going to be my project now. And it's kind of like my pet frog or something, and we're, I'm going to, you know, feed him. And it's going to be good. I'm going to take care of him. But I really don't, like, I'm not fully invested. My, in my experience, too, that's not what Grant did with me. Grant actually cared about me. Like, we were friends. We did stuff all the time together. He just was a friend. I didn't, I never felt like a project. I think if we're not careful, we make an intentional investment in another person and it, and it kind of starts to go to our head that we're the one that's bringing the strength and we're the one that has the answers and we're the one that is doing something great for you. And we kind of get a little puffed up. In, this, in our passage, Paul reminds us that, that our investment in other people, us saying yes to people, is, has nothing to do with your benefit. It is not for you. So if pride starts to slip in or a little bit of arrogance or a little bit of self-righteousness, that cannot be a part of it. That should not be a part of your investment strategy in other people. And here's the reason why in verse three it says, for not even Christ himself pleased himself, but as it's written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. What that means is that, um, is that Jesus didn't take the easy path and avoid people in all of their mess, did he? Jesus was, was at the, I mean, in heaven with God, like had everything he need. Didn't need to come down here. Didn't need to get all up involved in all your junk. Didn't need to involve himself down here at all. He, did, he was perfectly fine on his own. Because he loved you so much, he came here and got involved in all your junk. He could have avoided us, but he didn't. He didn't have to, he didn't have to get on a cross and, and take on the sin of the world and be involved in all that mess. He said yes to us. He came for us. He involved himself in, in the way that we live. Left heaven, came down on earth as a human so he could experience the way that you experience life. Like the, the temptations that you face, Jesus wanted to know what temptation felt like. It's part of why he was here. Yeah, however much human Jesus was, that's how much of humanity he died for. He was fully invested in, in the mess that it means to be a person. Understands it. For you. So just as Christ got involved in your junk, we're called to get involved in other people's junk, not, not in a way that would, that would drag us down or break us down, but as a way where we can just come in and provide some strength. We can get behind somebody and we can lift. We can say yes to their mess and we can walk in and try to do something constructive. We're called to imitate Christ's example and say yes to people. It'll be difficult. It'll be, it won't be quick. It's going to take forever. Think about, think about how long we've been trying to work on you, man. Think about the, the length of investment that's gone into some of you guys. It's not quick to invest in people. This isn't a week or two deal. This isn't taking somebody to, to Sonic one time and calling it done. This is making lifelong investment in somebody because they matter, because they have a story and they have a need of a savior the same way you did. We're called to make that kind of investment. We work for the good of others even when it costs us. I'm so thankful for the investment that Grant made in me. I'm so thankful that one person was willing to be friends with a jacked up, like half broken down Christian kid who really didn't know what was going on. I'm so glad that he ignored the messy parts of my life and got in there with me and just spent time together. 
I'm so glad that he spoke openly about his faith in a way that wasn't apologetic or awkward. He just, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. That guy left an impact on me that has changed everything. I, I wouldn't be here without that friend. Are you going to be that person for someone? Who? Let's pray. Father, there's a lot of people who have invested a lot in me over the years, and I know that I wouldn't be here without them. And so, God, just personally, I just want to thank you for putting those people in my life, giving them the strength of relationship in you that they could, they could draw me towards you. Thank you. I know for a lot of us in this room, God, that there's been people like that that have made those kind of investments in us. But now, as high school students, I pray that you would, that you would draw these people into being the kind of people who invest themselves in others for the long haul when it's difficult, when it's messy, by the power of your strength. So in your sons, let me pray. Amen.